Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made His disciples get into the boat and go before Him to the other side while He sent the multitudes away. And when He had sent the multitudes away, He went up to the mountain by Himself to pray. Now when the evening came, He was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw Him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, for it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered Him and said, Lord, if it is You, command me to come to You on the water. And so He said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And he was beginning to sink, he cried out and said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, O of ye of little faith, why do you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This morning I want to preach on the call to be uncomfortable. Look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor it's a call to be uncomfortable. Come on, say it again. The call to be uncomfortable. Everybody say it together. The call, the call to be uncomfortable. You know, let me ask you a question. When in the Bible did God ever call anybody to do something that was easy. When in the Bible did God ever call anybody to do something that was easy? Third time is a charm. I'm just going to let it sink in and marinate. Is that all right? When in the Bible did God ever call anybody to do something that was easy. Remember in the story, the man with the withered hand? The master said, stretch out your hand. And the Bible says that when he stretched out his hand, he was instantly healed. There was a dead man named Lazarus in the tomb for four days. Jesus called him forth. That wasn't easy. Over and over the Scripture records to us that God calls us to a level that is uncomfortable. Over and over in Scripture, it reveals to us that we serve a God who calls us to risk everything and to step out on a level of faith. When in the Bible did God ever call you to do something that was easy? And we live in a culture, especially an American culture, where we like the words easy and comfortable and convenient. But if we are going to go forth in this new year, in 2017, there are some things in your life, in my life, that God is calling us to be uncomfortable. It is a call to be uncomfortable. It's not convenient. It's not easy. We don't want to do it. But I promise you, the reward will always outweigh the risk. What is God calling you to do that's uncomfortable. You see, it's our very nature, ladies and gentlemen, to stay away from the things that make us feel uncomfortable. It's, it's our very nature for us to back away and to step aside to those things which make us feel uncomfortable. 
It is our very nature that when we feel uncomfortable for us to isolate ourselves and to stay away from the community. But in Scripture, it is very clear that we serve a God who calls us out from the crowd, who calls us out from those things which are convenient, and calls us to a level where we are uncomfortable. Why does God do that? God does that because that is the level where your faith becomes stronger. That is the level where your faith becomes stronger than it's ever have. You see, what about it, ladies and gentlemen? What is God calling you in your life where you need to give up? What is God calling you to do in your life that you need to set some time aside and, and pray and fast and believe God for the impossible? There are two different types of people in the church. The first person is what we call a fixed mindset. A fixed mindset. So you're either one or two people this morning. You either have the mindset that is called the fixed mindset, and the fixed mindset believes you are who you are and you cannot change. That is what a fixed mindset is. And then there is a growth mindset, and the growth mindset believes you can improve with effort. That means you can improve your looks with effort, you can improve your health with effort, you can improve your finances with effort. Now I'm not preaching a self-help gospel. Because we understand that without the Holy Spirit, we can never really truly help ourselves. So the Holy Spirit is the main ingredient here. But also in Scripture, there's a part for you to play in Scripture. There's what we call obedience. Unless you step out in obedience and make the effort, the Holy Spirit has nothing to work with. You've got to give the Holy Spirit something to work with and work through, so you've got to make the effort. The man with the withered hand had to do something. He had to obey the words of Jesus, and that is stretch out your hand. And when he stretched out his hand, when he made the effort, the Holy Spirit's power was connected to his effort, and a miracle happened. If we sit, as lot, if we sit in our church seats and think that the Holy Spirit is going to come and do everything for us, then we are living in a pipe dream this morning. The Holy Spirit is not going to come down. He's not going to fix your finances. He's not not going to fix your relationships. He's not going to take care of your carnal habits. You've got to make a decision this year. I've got to become uncomfortable. I've got to make an effort. I've got to step out and make some changes in my life. The Holy Spirit is not going to come out and do it for you. And for years, we've waited for the Holy Spirit to do something, and the Holy Spirit has yet to do it. Because we are co-labors together with God. There is a part for you to play throughout the book of Genesis to Revelation. You will see something. You will see this, that God works with people. He works in conjunction with people. When God's promises was made manifested in the Bible, the very first thing that God would do is He would use a person. Why? Because God's answer to every problem is a person. God's answer to every problem is a person. God's answer is not money. God's answer is not buildings and programs. God's answer to every problem is a person. The problem to loneliness is found in a spouse. The problem for the, 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 the answer to, to uh, poverty is work. It's found in a person because you can't get hired unless a person hires you. You see, so every answer in life is found in a person. Just think about it. So either we're part of the solution or we're part of the problem. What kind of mindset do you have this morning? 
a mindset, a growth mindset, simply believes I can improve if I make some effort in my life. And then the Holy Spirit will anoint what I do. You see, a fixed mindset says, listen, I am who I am and I will never change. But having a growth mindset believes that if we make the effort according to Scripture, the Holy Spirit will be there. That is why the prophets called the Holy Spirit the paraclete. The paraclete is the Greek word for spirit. You know why he's called paraclete? Is because he is the one that walks beside of us. Then in other words, you've got to be moving in order for him to walk beside of you. You've got to be making some effort in order for the Holy Spirit to walk beside of you. So what kind of mindset do you have? Do you have a growth mindset that believes I can change if I make the effort? Because the Lord is not going to do it for me. He's not going to come down and change the things that need to be changed in your life. And I've seen this over and over as I have pastored people for 14 years. People are always praying that God would do something. And then three years later, they're still praying the same prayer because God is trying to teach us that everything you need in life is found in a place called obedience. If you will be obedient and if you will make the effort and hearken to the voice of God Almighty, then he will anoint your effort effort and a change will come about. You can sit around and pray that you can lose weight, but that will never happen unless you make effort. Come on, somebody. It amazes me. I was driving through town the other day and the, the gym, what is the name of the new gym in town? Yeah, it was packed. I mean, there was cars all the way out to kingdom come. And I thought to myself, that is wonderful. But I really want to see if the same people's there in November. Can you all help me preach right now? You see, because you've got to make it. You see, there's a difference between dreams and memory. You see, dreams pre-play your future. Dreams will pre-play your future. But a memory will replay the past. So sometimes what happens is the reason we don't move forward is because we're stuck in memory. We're always repaying, replaying the past, always thinking about the past. When a dream is a preplay of our future. So what are you saying, Pastor? I am saying one of the reasons that we're not moving forward, either in your life or whatever situation it may be, is because we have focused so much on memory and that is the replay of our past, that we're not focusing on the dream that's ahead of us. And the dream that's ahead of us is a preplay of our future. Ladies and gentlemen, God has established a church here in Galena, Kansas, not for a building, not for programs, but he's given us a dream to reach this community, a dream to grow in God, a dream to serve with man, and a dream to change the world. We're not sitting here thinking about what God did in the past. We are dreaming, we are pre-playing what God is getting ready to do in the future. There is a future ahead of us. You see, the evidence that you believe that something greater is getting ready to happen is preparation. That's the evidence. If you truly believe that something greater is getting ready to happen, then the sign of that is preparation. When a woman becomes pregnant and she's going to give birth to a child, the evidence that they believe that is they're preparing for that. 
They're getting the nursery ready. They're getting the clothes and the bottles and etc., etc. ready. Because they believe in nine months, they're going to have a beautiful baby girl or baby boy. You see, that's the evidence that they believe something is going to happen is that they prepare for it. Let me ask you something. What are you doing in your life? Are you preparing for your dream to be fulfilled? Or are you living in the memory and replaying the past? Is there any preparation going on in your life? Are you preparing for God to do something great in your life? Or are you sitting around waiting for God to do something? Pastor Richard Crisco, the guy that spoke here last Sunday, said that he was a part of one of the greatest revivals in history, Brownsville Revival. And I got time to sit down with him. And he said one of the greatest things that that church did was they birthed it in prayer for two years they prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and they said they had to get people. They had to kick people out of the church at 11 or 12 o'clock at night because there was this hunger for God to do more. But he said something that I'll never forget. He said, "But we had a part to play in that. If we didn't do what God wanted us to do, the revival would have never happened because God works with people. We are co-labors together with God." They didn't just sit around hoping that revival would happen. They didn't sit around and play with their thumbs and hoping that a great move of God would saturate their city. No, they jumped on the bandwagon of anticipation and they begin to put an effort forth and they begin to pray and they believe God and God saw their effort and anointed the effort and a great revival happened. What about it, ladies and gentlemen? What effort are you putting forth? What effort are you putting forth in your relationships? What effort are you putting forth in this church? What effort are you putting forth in your family? You've got to do something. Isn't it amazing the church is the only institution that believes for success and yet we prepare for failure? The church is the only institution that believes for success and at the same time, we're preparing for failure. But here at Christ's point, boy, God, here at Christ's point, we are preparing for the future. Hallelujah. Thank God for the three amens and five grunts. I said, here at Christ's point, we are preparing for the future. Hallelujah. You say, well, pastor... How's it going to happen? I like what William Cameron said. William Cameron said it like this. Money never starts an idea. It is the idea that starts the money. In other words, get this. Money never starts an idea. It is the idea that starts the money. In order, God is saying, if you put forth the effort, the idea, then provision will follow your effort. <laughs> Woo, I'm about to shout right there. Are y'all, can I say that again? If you would put forth the effort, if you would put forth the idea, then money will always follow the effort. In other words, you've got to do something first in order for provision to follow you. See, 
the evidence that you believe that something greater has happened is preparation. We are proposed with the story this morning how Peter, and you've heard this story before, Peter is in the boat, and, and the Lord said, come to me, Peter. Peter gets out of the boat, he begins to walk, and you know the story, he begins to sink, and the Lord reaches down his hand and picks Peter up. When I read this story, and I've preached this story different angles, and what I want you to see in this story is that what Peter needed was beyond the comfort zone. The comfort zone was the boat. The comfort zone was the 11 other disciples. They were all in the boat together. All of them was in the boat together, and what Peter needed was beyond the boat. He had to make the effort to walk on the water first. You see, the point is, Peter could have stayed in the boat, and he could have prayed and sang and said, Lord, you're great, I believe, I trust you, Lord. But the Lord says, Peter, if you really believe me, get out of the boat and begin to walk on the water. Peter made the effort. And as he made the effort, he walked supernaturally on the water. Now, although Peter sank, because that is a prime example to prove to us that failure is possible when we walk on the water, but it's not profitable. In other words, you may fail, but the story demonstrates to us at least he was closer to the hand of Jesus in the water than he was on the boat. You see, Peter made the effort just beyond the comfort zone. He stepped out of the boat, he left the 11 disciples, and he stepped out. And what did he step out on? He stepped out on the Word. Because the Scripture tells us, Jesus said, come, Peter. And Peter obeyed the word, come, and he walked on the water. You see, when you leave your comfort zone, you don't leave your comfort zone on assumptions. You leave your comfort zone because you've heard a word. And he heard the word, and that word caused him to walk on the water. What word are you hearing today? Isn't it interesting? Get this. The faith to step out is worthless without the faithfulness to stick it out. Now you can have all the faith in the world to step out of the boat and make the effort, and that's wonderful, but it is worthless if you don't have faithfulness to stick it out. And that is what happens in the church well, we get really excited and we get pumped up because we have faith to step out on the water and to walk and to make the effort. We have the ability to make ourselves feel uncomfortable and follow the Word of God. But somehow along the way, we sink and we stay in the water of doubt because we don't have the faithfulness to continue to stick it out. What about it, my friend? Praise God for your faith. But what about your faithfulness? It's he that endures to the end will be saved. Not he that starts the race. It's he that finishes the race. I was just telling Lana a few moments ago, and I was telling Orlando, uh, a preacher, Eddie Long, uh, an African-American preacher, 
died this morning. His congregation is mourning. And as I was on, on my way to church and reading the post about his church mourning the death of their pastor, um, I, I, the scripture came to my mind, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And what's interesting about that whole thing is that there was a lot of scandal and accusations about his life at the end of his ministry, and then he dies. And whether that's true or not, it's not left up to me. It, it doesn't really matter. God is the judge. But the thing of it is, is that are we willing and able to have faithfulness to stick things out and to finish the race with integrity and honor? Listen, if you're going to dream, let's dream big for God. Come on. You know why old people are old? Because they have nothing to look forward to. They've stopped dreaming. No matter how old you are this morning, you should never stop dreaming. Your mind should be creative. You should be thinking about new ideas. You should be thinking about creative things. You should never stop and let your mind go to waste. Your mind is a beautiful thing to let go waste. Hallelujah. What about it? There are those people who wish for it. There are those who wait for it. And then there are those people who will work for it. What about it? Are you just wishing for it? Are you just waiting around for it? Are you working for it? Because nowhere in Scripture does God ever call somebody to do something easy. Never. You see, dreams require a level of risk. Risk requires faith. And faith requires the Word. If you're going to really step forward and accomplish the dreams that God has for you, it starts with risk. That risk involves faith. And that faith requires you to hold on to the Word because that is your, for sure, foundation. So what are you saying, Pastor? I am saying that God's Word to us this morning is don't sit around waiting for things to happen. Have a growth mindset and put some forth effort towards what God said and God will meet you at the point of your need. What kind of effort are you putting forth? Are you a part of the problem? Or are you part of the solution? I love, in closing, I love recently, in the past one or two years, I started viewing myself differently. I'm a perfectionist, so I always thought my grades were never good enough, even though there was an A. I never thought this was a good enough. I never thought that was, a, I'm just a perfectionist. And you know what a perfectionist is? A perfectionist is a rightness. They want everything right. But sometimes in a broken world, that is unrealistic expectations. Am I right? And so I started viewing myself differently. I started viewing myself as a problem solver. I've determined in my life, I'm not going to create problems. I'm going to be the solution to people's problems. 
It's a sad day for you to live your whole life and all you've ever done was make problems. And I pray that when they lay my body down, my, my number is called, not remembered for how well I can preach or do this or that. I said, though that man, every time he got around somebody, he was a solution to somebody's problem. Somebody having a bad day, I walk in the room and I'm a solution to that. I give an encouraging word. I shake their hand. I put a smile on their face. I go around degrading people, putting people down and complaining about everything that's wrong. A true leader, a true leader, somebody that's called to excellence is a person that don't bring problems to the table. They bring solutions to the table. If we're not careful, we can consume our life with problems and never be a problem solver or the solution. You are an answer to somebody's need this morning. You are an answer to somebody's need. Quit viewing yourself as average and ordinary. View yourself as a solution to somebody's problem. I love walking in restaurants. I love it. Asking the Holy Spirit, what meal can I pay for today? Because I want to be a solution to somebody's problem. But a fixed mindset says this. Well, you don't have children and you don't have bills. See, that fixed mindset, never willing to step out of the boat and be uncomfortable and stretch yourself to a new level of faith. But always finding reasons why we can't do what we want to do. What kind of mindset you got? Instead of saying, boy, I messed up this week. Admit that you messed up and have a growth mindset. I'm going to do better this week. <laughs> Can I hear an amen? Boy, I lost my temper last week and just told her off. But this week, I'm going to do better. Instead of walking in condemnation and walking in doubt and having a mindset that it's over. Have a mindset that I'm growing through this. I'm not the Christian that I should be. I've made mistakes. I know I've made mistakes. I, I'm not the parent I need to be, and I'm, I'm not the husband and wife I need to be. And, and yes, I can stack all my failures up, but today my mindset has shifted from fix to growth, and I'm going to grow through my problems, and I'm going to be the person God has called me to be. Listen. Don't just go through life, grow through life. If you just go through life, you're going to be a problem to a lot of people. But if you grow through life, you can be somebody's solution. Because all that really matters in life is God and people. You really want to boil it down, that's really all that really matters. Walk around can be somebody's solution. But a fixed mindset says, I don't have anything to give. Oh, you have something to give. You can smile. You can communicate. You can shake somebody's hand. You can write a card. 
You can sacrifice. You can put yourself out there. Get out of the boat. Walk on the water. You know what happens with people with a fixed mindset? When you're walking on the water, people who don't have your mindset, people who are not growing, they'll scratch their head and say, the only reason he's walking on water is because he can't swim. See, so it's always going to be excuses. But a growth mindset says, at least I'm a water walker and not a boat talker. <laughs> Somebody lift your hands and say hallelujah. I'm not going to stay in this boat and just talk about what God's going to do. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get out and walk on this water. And even if I do drown, at least he's just a handshake away. So what if you fell? So what if you start to drown? The master of the sea is right there with you. But don't live your life don't be stuck in the boat with 11 others. Get out. Walk on that water. And let this year be the year where we make the effort and go beyond what's necessary. Now, in a few weeks, I'll preach on the vision for this year. But this is the word of the Lord to you personally today. This is a personal word to you. I'll give a word to the church, but to you personally. This is what the Lord is saying. Step out and make that effort. The evidence that you believe that something is greater is really your preparation. You really believe it.